welcome to the Divine Feminine Playground podcast. I'm Linda, your host, and in this podcast, we're going to be exploring all the things that enrich the experience of what it means to be a divine feminine being. The playground rules are simple. Open your mind, get curious, and have a ton of fun. From relationships to business to all of your layers and facets, Get ready to dive into anything and everything that brings you deeper into your heart and closer to your soul. It has been a hot minute, but we are back. And today we're going to be diving into the houses in an astrology chart. The houses are one of the most confusing parts of a chart for a lot of people. In a lot of my sessions, You know, we talk about the planets and the signs they're in, which is pretty easy to understand or easier to understand and interpret. But when it comes to the houses, this is what trips up a lot of people. So let me give you the 101 to astrology houses and talk about how they affect you, what they mean for you, and of course, what each of the houses represents. I'm also going to be addressing a couple of questions on the houses that I got on Instagram. So yeah, let's jump right in. The first thing I want to do is I want to explain the role of houses in an astrology chart. So first we have our planets. And this is an analogy that I learned in astrology school. And it stayed with me ever since because it's so easy to remember. So the planets you can think of as your actors or actresses, right? They're playing a role. Now, the kind of role they're playing or the kind of energy that is part of their role is the sign they're in. So the planet is our actor. Um, You can think of it as like what we're describing, right? For example, the sun, we're describing our personality, our ego, the moon, we're describing our emotions, our internal world. So the planet is your what? The sign then becomes your how. How is that energy represented? So if it's in Aries, you know, the energy is going to be really energetic. It's very impulsive, maybe a little bit aggressive even, versus if the planet is in Capricorn, it's going to be a lot more practical, a lot more systemized, organized, eye on the prize, go, go, go. And then we bring in the houses. So the houses is like the stage that they're performing on. Oh, one more thing I forgot to add as well. You can think of the sign as the costume they're wearing. So that plays into like how they express that energy. So then the house is the stage. So what kind of stage are they performing at? What props do you have on that stage for them to perform with? So each of the 12 houses represents different areas of your life and whatever house your planets fall in is where that energy shows up for you. So let's dive into each of these 12 stages and what areas of life they represent. The first house. The first house always starts at the nine o'clock line of your chart so it always starts at the rising sign now i also do want to mention that a lot of people think that the rising sign is in the first house it's actually not your rising sign is not in any house your rising sign is the separation between your 12th and your first house so it's not in any house your rising sign is just whatever sign it's in 
So it always starts the first house, which is why your first house always starts at the nine o'clock angle. And the first house is all about the self. It's all about you. It's about your personality, your identity, your mask that you wear to others, because similar to the rising, it can be how you first appear to other people. It's your self-image, it's your self-expression, it's your own personal experience. So having planets in your first house means that your experience of self or your experience of that planet is very, very personal to you. And the first house carries the energy of Aries, of fire. So if you have planets in the first house, you can also feel that fiery undertone. Next up, we have the second house. So the second house is all about your resources. It's your money, it's your self-esteem, your self-worth, your values, your materials, your security, because the second house carries the energy of Taurus. So as you can see, from 1 to 12, each of those houses carries the energy of whatever sign that number matches up to. It doesn't represent that sign, it just carries that energy. So you can kind of understand what each house represents from the energy of the sign that they carry. So again, second house being the energy of Taurus, of Earth, right? It's still very close to the first house, so it's still personal to you. That's why in terms of money, it's your own money. For business, you can look to your second house to see what natural talents you have to be bringing in money. Then we move into the third house, which carries Gemini energy. So Gemini being the sign of the mind, of course, this is all about communication. The third house is about your mindset. It's thinking, speaking, writing, communicating, learning. It's also social media and it also represents your siblings. So your most immediate circle of people that are on your level. So it can be siblings, it can also extend to close friends who you see as your siblings kind of thing. So from the first house to the third house, this is the first quadrant of your chart, the first three houses. And so this quadrant is still very personal, right? The first house is all about you, it's your identity. Second house is about your money, your values. Third house is about your communication. Then we move into the fourth house. The fourth house, is all about the home. It's your private life. It's your roots, your heritage, your ancestors, your lineage. It's your subconscious psychological foundations. Because again, the fourth house carries the energy of cancer, which is all about the home. Now, the fourth house is the start of your second quadrant, which is houses four, five, and six. So in this second quadrant, it's still very much to do with yourself, but you're starting to kind of venture out and bring others into the equation. So the fourth house, you know, you're in service to your family, to your home, to your private life. Then in the fifth house, the fifth house carries the energy of Leo. So it's about your creativity. It's about your joy. It's about romance, play. It's also the house of children and the energy of the inner child. So in terms of being in this quadrant, 
The fifth house is about how you express yourself to entertain others, to bring joy to other people. Of course, first by bringing and exuding and embodying joy within yourself. And the last house in this second quadrant is your sixth house. So the sixth house, six representing the sign of Virgo, this is earth energy. This is about self-improvement. It's about being of service. It's about work. It's about your day-to-day routines. It's also about your health, your physical health and diet and nutrition. So in the sixth house, bringing it back to the quadrant that it's in, it's about helping others, right? Because it is the house of service. And in terms of work, there are three houses that I kind of look at. The sixth house being one of them. So the sixth house is the kind of work that gets you by. It's just work that you're good at. You can be of service to others, but it's not something that really sparks your soul. So if you look at what signs or even planets you have in your sixth house, that can give you an idea of the kinds of work that you might be suited for and you can excel in, but it doesn't really give you that soulful, soul level kind of joy and excitement. As an example, my sixth house is in the sign of cancer. So taking it the most literal way, that could mean being a mother. So for me, I know that I am going to be a good mother. And I know that kind of sounds like a bit like up myself, but it's because I've gone through the process of semi-raising my own two baby sisters And through that, I've actually been able to decondition a lot of the same programming that my mom passed down to me. Because as I was helping my mom raise them, I started realizing like, holy shit, I'm doing things or I'm speaking to them and I'm conditioning them in ways that I hated when my mom was doing that to me. So they actually helped me kickstart a lot of my own healing and yeah, deconditioning of the things that my parents passed down to me. So I know that I would be a very, very conscious mother, not saying that I'm going to be perfect because as much as we try to be, our kids are going to get traumatized by the world in one way or another but the most that i can do for my future children is to let them grow up as they are to let them be who they are and of course knowing astrology i am going to be able to help them embody their own blueprint the way that they see fit for themselves but if being a mother is my only job that would not bring me as much joy as if I could be a mother at the same time as being able to still help other people in their own transformations and of course Scorpio is my 10th house which is the house of your purpose So I'm going to have to do another episode on that because there is so much that we can go into there. But coming back into the sixth house, the sixth house is your work, your routines, your day to day details, things like that. Then we move into our seventh house. So the seventh house is directly opposite the first house. So now that we're entering the seventh to twelfth houses, you can kind of see that it's opposite the 
correlating house in a way. So the seventh house is opposite the first house. The first house is all about the self and your identity, remember? So the seventh house is about partnerships. It's now going to the other person. It's focusing on the other person. So the seventh house also starts the third quadrant of your chart, which is seven, eight, and nine. So seventh, eighth, and ninth houses. So this quadrant is about the collective, right? But it's on a much more external level, extroverted maybe even, than the second quadrant, which was four, five, and six, like your home, your creativity, your work. So the seventh house is the house of partnerships. It's the house of relationships, the house of marriage, the house of your first marriage, might I add. If it's a second marriage, it's a different house. But the seventh house is also legal stuff because partnerships is not just about romantic relationships it can also be about business relationships collaborations things like that then we move into the eighth house which is scorpio energy it's watery it's deep it's intense the eighth house gets such a bad rap because it is the house of death okay everyone's scared of the eighth house as soon as someone sees they have a planet in the eighth house, they're like, oh my God, am I going to die? Like, what does this mean? Death is not death in the way that we think death is. So <laughs> let me kind of explain this. Everyone thinks death is literally like dying, okay? But Scorpio, like the death that Scorpio is associated with is about transformation. It's death and then it's rebirth. It's evolution. It's that transformative process. It's that phoenix burning into ashes and then it's reborn. So it's renewal. Okay. So it's not just dying. If you have a planet in the eighth house, it doesn't mean that like you're just going to die because of it. Like obviously we're all going to die at the end of our lives. Okay. I'm going to tangent here. Let's come back to the houses. So it's not literal death. Having planets in the eighth house is not a bad thing. The eighth house is going to bring in really deep, intense experiences in your life. There is a lot of trauma associated with the eighth house. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat that, but it also gives you the biggest capacity to transform and be reborn and rise even higher than any other house. So then we can travel into the ninth house. So through the houses is actually quite a nice kind of journey through them. Like you're going from yourself, you're understanding who you are, you're understanding like what your values are and then how are we communicating and then how are we building home, how are we bring in joy, how are we being of service, how are we now doing relationships, how are we now kind of growing through and transforming and then we get to the ninth house which is about philosophy. So the ninth house carries Sagittarius energy. And this is the house of spirituality the search for higher meaning. It's also about higher education. So this is like university, college. Um, like I said, it's the house of philosophy. It's expanding your mind, broadening your horizons. And of course, it's all about adventure and travel as well. So if you have a planet in the ninth house, you might find that when it comes to the energy of that planet, you're always kind of looking to search for more meaning around it or you're looking to like when you travel different places you might come back with new insights around 
the energy of that planet and how to really embody it in your life. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention about the eighth house being opposite the second house, which is all about your money. The eighth house is about other people's money. So it can be inheritances. It can be like if you um, join bank accounts with your spouse, it can be their money. It's other people's money. So in terms of business, because like I said, the second house is your abilities to bring in money. The eighth house is how you magnetize other people to you know, like give you their money for whatever service or offer that you're providing them. Okay, moving on to our final quadrant, which is houses 10, 11, and 12. This quadrant is about the other, but it's on a collective level. So you've gone from you, which is the first quadrant, to your immediate circle, which is the second quadrant, to a wider circle, which is the third quadrant, and now we're talking about the collective. So starting with the 10th house, the 10th house is about your career because it carries the energy of Capricorn. So it's achievement, it's status, it's your public life, it's recognition, what you're known for, and it's your career. So whatever sign your 10th house falls in, if you have any planets in your 10th house, they are going to impact the kind of work that you are going to be doing here on earth. And the 10th house is all about the work that actually brings you joy. So using my chart as an example, I have my moon in the 10th house, which means that I need to be so emotionally invested in my work. My work brings me emotional fulfillment. Next up, we have the 11th house, which carries Aquarius energy. So the 11th house is the house of the humanitarian. It's the group, it's the collective, it's the future as well, and it's your friendships. So unlike the third house, which is your siblings, your close friends, the 11th house carries a kind of like found family kind of vibe. It's the friendships that you gather through learning more about yourself, through speaking up and showing up and embodying who you are. So the 11th house is urging you to think about a community that's beyond yourself, beyond the individual. It really is about the collective. And then finally, we have the 12th house, which carries the energy of Pisces. So this is the final house of the 12 houses. And this house is about your intuition, it's about your subconscious, it's about transcendence, it's also about how you like to kind of retreat from the world and parts of you that you've repressed. The 12th house is also the house of hidden enemies. So this is where people can tend to try to overpower you or play like power games and try to manipulate you in this area. Personally, for me, I have Jupiter in my 12th house. So while this is kind of hard to access because it is the 12th house, it's hidden, it's kind of foggy, it's intuitive, it's about spirituality, Jupiter being there helps me with my hidden enemies so that I can actually see them clearly. So, you know, like I always say, there is a flip side to everything. Everything in astrology has a quote unquote good and bad side to it. So that is the fourth quadrant, the 10th, 11th and 12th houses of your chart. 
So let's kind of talk about how we work with the houses and especially when it comes to transits, because I know a lot of people have asked me, like, what does it mean if this planet is going into this house for me? So firstly, you can tell how a full moon or a new moon is affecting you by the house that it falls in. So on a new moon, what house that falls in is where you can manifest new opportunities, new beginnings. Not saying you can't work with the other houses, but it's just at that point in time, it's emphasizing that house for you. On a full moon, whatever house that fits in is where you can be letting go of patterns in that house or in that area of life. Now, someone asked, what is the influence of the planets in your house? So I kind of explained that along the way, but the house that your planet falls in is the stage on which that planet is performing. So let me give you an example. I have my son in Gemini in my fifth house. So Gemini, that kind of energy for my personality is talkative, like, hello, <laughs> I am absolutely that. It's intellectual, it's quick, it's curious, inquisitive, all of those things. And the stage it plays out in is on the stage of number five, which correlates to Leo energy. So this is the house of creativity, it's expression, romance, play. And so you can really see how my personality and that speed, that inquisitiveness, curiosity, chattiness shows up in those areas, in the way that I express myself, in the way that I create, in the way that I play. And also when it comes to my relationships, I love flirting with my words. So again, that fifth house kind of energy of playing and romance linked with the Gemini energy of talking, using my words. So that's kind of how you can interpret the house that your planet falls in. It's the stage on which that part of you is performing. Final question is how do we work with the houses during transits or when a planet enters into your house? This one's kind of a complicated answer because transits vary from like two days up to many years. So if it's a shorter transit, like if it's the moon moving through your house Honestly, I don't really work with that unless it's the new moon and the full moon and I kind of want to see what area of life it's really highlighting for me. If it's a longer transit, so I'm talking Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, if they're about to cross over into one of my next houses, I will really pay attention when it's around the cusp because you'll feel it the most when it's about to leave your house and also during the shift over into the next house. I also do want to emphasize that planets crossing into different houses is not going to be as impactful as if you have a direct transit on one of your personal planets. So yeah, I hope that helps you understand the houses a little bit better. Just think of them as areas of life. So if we're talking about a planet, let's say, I don't know, Mars, right? Mars being the planet of action, initiation, doing what you need to do to get what you want. What house is that showing up in? What area of life does that energy come the most easy to you? What area of life does that energy belong in? And if you're still feeling confused, go back to the elements. So you know how I said every single house carries the energy of one of the signs? 
go back to the element that that sign is in. So if you have a planet in the first house, the first house carries the energy of the element of fire. So you know that it's going to be a lot of energy, a lot of impulsiveness, a lot of big, bold, dramatic kind of energy. Versus if you have a planet in, let's say, the 12th house, the 12th house carries the energy of water. So it's a lot more subdued. It's a lot more subtle. It's very emotional. And it's going to be a lot slower than that planet in the first house. So that is all 12 houses of your chart explained. I definitely want to do more episodes on astrology and kind of diving into different areas of the chart and what you can learn from different areas. So if you have anything that you want me to talk about and explain for you, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will make it into an episode for you. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode and you want to show some love, I would so appreciate it if you could rate and review this podcast so more people can find it and learn more about their astrology charts too. So that's it for now and I will see you next time.